0: Welcome to the Wellspring Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message from this Sunday's service.
1: Awesome, 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 huh? Well, y'all were a big part of that. And so thank you all so much for all you who give and support us. And you can see in the first video, uh, my friend, the mayor was just brought to tears. He grew up in Kenya and he was there crying, trying to take this video of finding this, this, these villagers suffering for water and to have someone that's from that land their whole life and still be broken to tears you know the need is real. And so we're working right now to get a well dug where those villagers are at right now. So exciting things are happening. You'll see the video of the kids laughing with water next time in that village. But one of the things I want to share with you about the kids with the water is that imagine the one thing in your life that you've always been told be careful. with. It was your mom's fine china. It was something, it was spilling gas. It was something that you were told to be careful with. These kids are like that with water. They were told, don't play with that, don't touch that, be careful. Because you couldn't risk wasting one drop. And so for these kids to be by that well set site laughing and dumping water in their head, they've never experienced that in their life. They've never experienced that. So that, that kind of gives you a perspective of that. This is my beautiful wife, Joy. Give her a hand. So she's just gonna, it's always good to have your wife open up for you. And it's even way better to have her closed for you because she can always save the day. Ain't that right? <laughs> I'm gonna let her say hi for a second while I open up and then she's gonna pray for me.
0: Hi, I just, um, there's a sweet presence in this place today. And I really feel like Jesus has, um, he has a plan today. And so we're just gonna go by his plan. And I'm gonna pray right now. And I just want you to keep your hearts open for what God wants to do because. It's good and it's big and he wants to set some people free today and he wants to just blow off the limits that you've put on God in your life today. So get ready. Hold on because God's taking you somewhere this morning. So Jesus, we just thank you for your presence here. We thank you for your Holy Spirit, God. You are welcome in this place. Come move and have your way. Come speak to us, Lord. Come anoint your word, God, and help us to receive it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
1: Amen. Love you, baby. All right, well, so good to be here, guys. Such such awesome worship. I think that we just could have stayed in that worship for just a little bit longer. (laughs) But it's a challenge to us to do that every day when you wake up in the morning take a chance just to to, uh, worship God is the first thing. Uh, Sometimes I don't do it out loud. Uh, My family thanks me for that. But (laughs) sometimes it's just good in your your mind and your heart when you wake up just to give God praise. It's really easy when Abby's up here doing it. I just think of myself singing like that. And then, uh, (laughs) but I do, I try to worship God when I wake up in the morning. But today I wanna talk to you about something that I'm actually good at. And so, Uh, I have a lot of experience in it. So it's really easy for me to talk about it. I want to talk to you about failure. So (laughs) anybody else good at that? (laughs) Like I'm telling you, you don't know how good I am at this. So I I have a lot of confidence in it. I'm a little bit prideful about it. It's just something I know very well. But, um, and God really began to deal with me because I was praying, God, how do I see the hearts of people step out in faith into what you've called them. And people come to me, oh, Joel, you know, know, it's easy for you to say this because you're out there doing this, and you know, it's harder for me because I haven't figured this thing out yet. And I'm thinking, man, when was it ever easy for me? (laughs) I don't say that out loud, but I'm like, man, when was it ever easy to get here? But what is it that makes it hard for others? I began to ask God, I'm like, I mean, I know you got me here, God, but what is it that makes it hard for others to step out and say yes to you? And I think it's fear of failure. I think there's, nobody wants to fail. I mean, um, there's a few things that come to mind when I think of what makes us afraid to do something that God is asking. It could be money. It could be time, ability. But fear of failure seems to be like one of the greatest ones. It's not hard to go and do something you know you can do. But to step out and do something you're not sure if you're gonna be successful at It's like, man, I'd rather just hire somebody to do that because they're going to get it right. If you work on your own car, you know what I mean. If you don't work on your own car anymore, you really know what I mean. If you're still working on your car, you haven't learned it yet. (laughs) But uh, the truth is, is that what if failure was an option? What if failure was an option for God to get his will done through our lives? And I don't want you to get confused by this. God hasn't called you to be a failure. So let's get that clear right now. I'm not telling you that you call to be a loser. Uh, don't set out to fail. But once you get to the understanding, when I get through this, you're gonna see that the only option of failure in your life is your own will. There's zero chance of failure for God's will through your life. So you're gonna start to understand how to embrace failure in your life. What if you failing meant there was a way for God to succeed? Who is really the judge of you failing and succeeding. Think about it for a second. Who is it that when you said, who do you fear the most? Like, if I do this, is it going to be my friends? Is it going to be my wife? Is it going to be my boss? My pastor? Who is it that you really fear the most of failing? You know, is it it the job status? Is it something else that's down the line that you know it's going to mess up and you're like, well, I won't do this because the repercussions are going to be this great. But who's... If you're looking at who you're afraid to fail in front of, then whose approval do you really need? It's it's like, it really comes to whose approval we're looking for. And nobody wants to be seen as a failure in front of man. I still don't want to, as good as I am at it, I still don't want to be seen as a failure in front of man. And so, but what if Jesus' approval was enough? You're always afraid to fail in front of people that you love the most or love you the most. You don't want to disappoint them. But who could love you more than Christ? huh? Who knows you more than Christ? Your best friend that knows you really, really, really good that you can do embarrassing things around and still get away from it, they still don't know you as good as Jesus. They still get surprised by your stupidity sometimes. I know my friends do. (laughs) Paul's view on this was very clear. Paul said in Galatians that his life, his, his life was a failure and that's why he quit trying to prove it. He said, I've been crucified with Christ. That is in him, I've shared his crucifixion. It's, it is no longer I who live, but it's Christ that lives through me because the life I live and the body I live by faith, by adhering to, relying on, and completely trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I know I'm a failure, so I'm just gonna give up my life and I'm only gonna do his life now through me because he's the one that's gonna supply what I need. I feel like failing in my life has really allowed God to move some of the best ways in my life. I mean, some of you may know my story that we went to Africa with no money to do a well with seven kids and, and uh, it was quite the adventure. and. I worked really hard for months and still didn't get that well done, I failed. A lot of people say, Joel, you've got, I didn't get the well done guys, I really didn't. I really failed at it, I really failed at everything I did. It was when I completely gave up that God got the well done. And uh, a friend of mine put up a GoFundMe and raised the money in a few weeks. I didn't even have the faith to ask for the money. My faith was so low, I couldn't even ask God for the money for one well. I'm the one, and so I'm just saying that I know failure very well. Not only did I feel like I was a failure, but I really was. (laughs) I literally was failing for five months. I'm not just saying that. I literally really did fail. So, but the biggest lesson I learned through this was that I was incapable of completing God's will in my life. Up until that point, I felt like if I subdued my flesh, if I prayed, if I read my Bible enough, if I followed through, if I used all of my energy and everything I had, I could get God's will done. I was unaware that I was incapable of completing God's will in my life. This This is the truth of what Paul was saying when he said, it is not I but it is Christ's strength through me that does this. Paul come to grips that he was incapable of completing God's will in his life. The most he could do was submit to God. The greatest decision I ever made was to accept God's love. That's the greatest decision I ever made, was to say yes to him and allow him to work through me. That's the great, not the greatest decision is the things I tried, but the greatest decision was accepting God's love because I couldn't get it done on my own. And once I came to the understanding that I couldn't get his will done in my life, I surrendered to his will working in my life and success came. Success came because I was no longer trying in my power. You see, it's when we're connected to his power that we produce fruit. In John 15, 5, it says that I am the vine and you are the branches. The one who remains in me bears much fruit. Otherwise, apart from me, you can do nothing. In the passage translation, it says you have no power. Apart from God, we cannot do nothing. Apart from him, us trying to do his will is useless. When we're in the vine, his will is being done through us. And people mistake it for our success. They do it to me all the time. They think I'm successful, I'm I'm not successful, I'm good at failing, and that allows God to be successful. But not everybody sees all of my failures. I've got a lot more than you guys have seen. But God knew all of my failures before he called me. God's not surprised by my failures. He's not surprised. He created me. You know, when he created Moses and, he, and Moses, is, if you read the story of Moses and Exodus and he's, God's saying, I want to use you to call my people. Moses is like, hey, you got the wrong guy. You need to go get Joel. He can talk to people up on the stage. I'm not the one. He actually tells God to go talk to his brother. If you remember, God who created everyone in the world and knows everyone, Moses is like, hey God, I need to introduce you to my brother. Obviously you haven't met Aaron <laughs> And I'm telling you, just do this dude is good with words, you can talk, you can do everything you're asking. And Moses is trying to sell Aaron to God who, who created Moses and Aaron. Have you ever done that? God tells you, I want you to do this, and you're like, God, I'm, pff, look, you know Abby can sing that. I'm not the one that can sing that. You know John can do, I'm not the one that, I'll just stay in the back, I'm gonna just survive earth and be a good Christian and invite people to church. The Christian cop-out, that's what I call it. Be a good Christian and show up and survive earth. It's not what God called us to. And when God calls you, it's not because of what your abilities are. It's because of his abilities. And the whole idea of saying, God, you don't know what you're getting into. It's really God saying back to you, you don't know what I'm getting into. I know what I'm getting into because I created you. You don't know who I am and you're doubting me by not allowing me to be used in you. That's the real conversation going on. My thoughts and patterns have been that my failures were preventing the will of God from being done. And the complete opposite was true. My frailty made the way for his strength. My lack equaled his abundance. My inability made the way for his ability and my failure made a way for his success, which ultimately gave him the glory. And this is, this is told throughout all the stories of the Bible. Um, I like the story of Gideon when he thought that he could still get it done, God's like, I need to mess you up a little more. And um, have you ever felt like, all right, I think I can do this for you, God, and then God like makes it worse? And you're like, now I know I can't do it for you. I could have yesterday, but not today. <laughs> that was the story of Gideon. Remember, he was like, he thought he could, God dwindled the army down, Gideon's like, I'm still good enough, God, I'm gonna still win it with this. And God's like, I gotta knock it down a little more. <laughs> God wants to get the glory. He doesn't want people to give you the glory and confuse what he's doing. He wants to make sure he's seen. He wanted to use Moses. He told Moses, I want to use you. Moses is like, I can't talk. And what was his response to Moses? Who made your mouth? That's what he told Moses. Who made your mouth? You're telling me, I'm the one that sat here and formed you. We are telling God, God, I'm not capable of doing that. I like, I know that you just don't know that. I know you can't do it. I know you're not able I'm trying to teach you that. All that we have to do is say yes and keep pressing on forward. We have the easy part. It kind of takes the pressure off of me. You know, I believe that God has called us all to take part in this great commission. Deep inside, there's a longing for something greater than monetary gain and earthly success because all of those things will die with earth. The only thing that will... Last into heaven is the will of God being done in your life to make heaven bigger through souls being saved. And everything else takes a backseat to that. You can't take any of your accomplishments from earth to heaven except souls being saved. When we get to there, it's a blank slate. We will only see the people that were brought to heaven. And if you want to see these people brought to heaven, it's not give up your career. Say yes to God. Let him use your career to win people to Christ. But God didn't put you here on earth to just work a job and survive earth. You were put here for a specific purpose to make heaven bigger and to win souls for heaven. Amen? You weren't put here to survive earth. I'm glad you're good at surviving earth, but that's not your calling. There is a passion, a deep wanting to do great things for Jesus deep inside of you, and you just think that you're not capable of it. And I'm here to say amen to that. (laughs) You're probably right. (laughs) That's a good start. (laughs) If you think you're not capable of it, it's a good start. But it's not to say, I'm not capable of it, I'm doing nothing. It's not to say, I have a past, I'm not righteous enough, I don't have this. He who had no sin became sin that we would be the righteousness of God. You are the righteousness of God. You are all that people on earth see as the righteousness of God. If you feel you're not worthy, people think God's not worthy. If you feel you can't do it, they think God can't do it. Why? Because we are the righteousness of God. That's what, that's what the Bible says. I think it's 2 Corinthians five twenty-one. I don't remember. I think it's somewhere in there. But listen to this. This scripture really says a lot about it. 2 Corinthians 4, 7. Put that up there on that beautiful screen there. There we go. But, we have this pressure treasure, precious treasure, the good news about salvation in unworthy earthen vessels of human frailty. Say this with me, unworthy, unworthy. earthen vessels, human frailty. Now you shouldn't be surprised that you just said it unworthy these are all this is all your excuses right now god i can't do this i'm not worthy no we have this salvation message in unworthy vessels it's very clear don't be surprised you're not telling god something he don't know (laughs) unworthy earthen vessels of human frailty i know i can't do this well it's about time you figured that out So that the gander and surpass, grander and surpassing greatness of the power will be shown to be his sufficiency. Say his sufficiency. Yes. Not from ourselves. Are you starting to get this? You, you can't do it. It's his sufficiency. It is only us relying on him. It was never meant to be us. We're frail. We're earthen. We're weak. We're fragile. We're We're unworthy but he is all these things that we're not. He was always meant to do these things through us. We are his bride. We are the ones that he wants to show off as the beauty of who he is. Amen? Amen. Y'all can tell me to shut up if I need to. <laughs> not Vinny though, not, not uh, Wayne Vinett. he can't. <laughs> do you think there is anything about your ability, or your your abilities Or your frailty that God is unaware of. Think about that for a minute. Do you think there's anything that God needs to be reminded of? Now, keep in mind the conversation that Moses had with God. Obviously, God, you don't know. I stutter, I stammer. My brother, if God would have used Aaron, Aaron would have got the glory. God knew who he picked. Is it just by accident that all the greatest leaders in the Bible would have never, ever been leaders in the eyes of man if it wasn't for God? Do you think that's by accident? Is there anything about your frailty that God doesn't know? Do you need to have a conversation, like a sit down, come into Jesus, meeting with you, Jesus, and sit down and say, listen, God. I mean, I'm just looking out for your reputation. You obviously don't know what you're getting into wanting to use me. (laughs) I'm going to really mess things up, and uh, I'm just here to help you out. It's best you use someone else because I'm clearly going to mess this up. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt, hey, look, God, I I know you love me, but you have no idea how bad I will fail. (laughs) Like, it's better that I just do nothing, God already knew how much you would fail and he loved you and called you despite your failure. He loved you and called you despite your inability. You're not an embarrassment to him. You're not an embarrassment to him. You're not a disappointment to him. God knows you will fail, but do you? 2 Corinthians 12, 10. So I am pleased with my weakness, insults, distress, and with persecutions and difficulties. But I want to focus on that first one, weakness, for the sake of Christ. For when I'm weak in human strength, then I'm strong, truly able, powerful, truly drawing from God's strength. Paul said, I'm not only okay with my weakness, I'm like really pleased with it. Because then it makes me rely on God's strength. I'm really okay with my weakness. I'm okay with failing. It's one of the greatest things that I've learned in my relationship with God is my failures because I'm not afraid of it. I embrace it. I don't want to go fail, but I understand when I fail that there's somebody coming behind me that's going to rescue me, that's going to be the hero of the day, and maybe it was a setup all along for him to get the glory. Maybe it was a setup. I wasn't made Moses wasn't made by accident. God told him, I made you for a purpose. Jeremiah, I made you for a purpose. Gideon, I made you for a purpose. God doesn't make you for accidents, He makes you on purpose so that He can get His glory seen to the world to bring everyone to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. I think Wayne's gonna get saved this morning. Paul said he was fine in his weakness. Are you? Are you willing to be embarrassed for Christ? Is his calling worth your reputation? Is it worth failing? I would call failing difficulties. <laughs> but, you know, but you know what I know better? The hero, my sa- Jesus, who's come to save me in the middle of my failures. That's who I know. The one who comes to rescue me, the rescuer. And when the world sees you rescued from, their fail- from your failures, all of a sudden they get excited and think they could be rescued from their failures and it begins a chain reaction and people get saved. How awesome is it to be rescued by God? When you're rescued by God, he gets the glory. If you allow yourself to be rescued by God, but you might have to fail first, but you gotta know, you gotta know he's coming to rescue you. You gotta know he ain't gonna let you fall and hit the ground. He's gonna catch you. And when he catches you, the world's gonna see you were caught and they're gonna give God the glory. Most of us would rather do nothing, right? Most of us rather do good things for God that we know we can accomplish, like this is your will, the good things, rather than attempt great things and risk failure. Most of us would rather just do good things for God. And these are good, there's good things to do. But God has caused you to do great things. But it takes risk. It takes you dying to yourself. Dying don't feel good. <laughs> okay? It don't feel good to pick up your cross and carry it daily. But it feels good to be Rescued feels good today. I know the rescuer loves me more than anybody on this earth. God's heart is not to see us destroyed. He wants to live inside of us. John 15, 16 says, he chose us. We didn't choose him. He chose us. Remember that we cho- he were chosen as his bride. To man, this seems like weakness, but to God, this was his plans. Are you okay with his plans? Do you know how deep his love is for you? If you had any clue of how deep Jesus' love for you was, you wouldn't fear failing in front of man. You would fear not being faithful to, to the one who loves you the most. I don't want you to get disappointed, used to disappointing people, but don't let it get in the way of pleasing God. You know, here's a, here's a great principle right here to think about. You will fear disappointment... You will feel disappointing people because their expectations aren't proper. Proverbs 29, 25 states, the fear of man brings a snare, but whosoever puts their faith, their trust in, in, and puts confidence in the Lord will be exalted and safe. We we will fear failing for people because their expectations aren't set right. We'll fear disappointing them. How many of you believe you can disappoint God? Don't raise your hand, I'm gonna make you put it down. (laughs) You know why you can't disappoint God? He's not surprised by who you are. He called you knowing everything that was wrong with you, and he still wanted to use you. You can't disappoint him. You can disappoint people around you. You know how disappointment happens a lot? It's miscommunication. Have you ever disappointed somebody accidentally by unforeseen circumstances, but they were still really upset at you? It's always communication, but God knows everything about you. You're not gonna disappoint him. He knew all the disappointments before he called you. He knew how much you would disappoint him. And he's like, I'm still going to use him. I still want to use him. I still want to use him. I still want to use you. I still want to use you. Not only do I still want to use you, but I planned for you to go through this so that I could get the glory. Maybe it was a setup. Maybe it was a setup. Stop thinking you can disappoint God and start thinking that I don't care if I disappoint man. No one on Earth can love you as much as Jesus. Let that sink in for a second. We're afraid to disappoint man, but we're not so afraid to not do the will of God. We're afraid to be seen bad in man, but we're on the way to a wedding that's not with man, it's with God. We're supposed to be getting ready for this wedding, and we're too concerned about everything down here. We're not going this way, we're going this way. <laughs> we're going another way. <laughs> Psalms 103:14 says he knows we're made of dust. He's not surprised that we're earthly and frail and weak and unworthy. It's not surprised. He's the one that made you. It's not a surprise to him. That's why you can't disappoint him. You can't spook him. You can't surprise him. He knows everything about you. And when he calls you and that passion arises in you and you say you're not worthy, he's like, yeah, I know, but I am. And together we're gonna do this. I'm the rescuer. You're gonna fail, but I'm gonna pick you up and it's gonna take off because that's my job. I'm the hero. I'm the superhero. I save the day. That's the God I serve. I serve the superhero Jesus. I hope y'all get to meet the superhero Jesus and nobody loves you like he does. He's singing Whitney Houston, I will love you forever in my ears every day. If you understood his love, you wouldn't fear failing in the eyes of man. You would fear failing who truly loves you unconditionally. Give up. Giving up on fear of failing is the beginning of being used by God. I now embrace my weakness. The possibility of failure isn't even an option for me. I no longer live so I can no longer fail. You understand? If Joel fails, he needs to fail because God can't fail through me. When I'm in the service of the king, nobody can stop what God's doing through me. They can try, but they can't stop God. They can stop me, and they probably need to. If people can stop it, they probably should, because they can't stop Jesus. They didn't start Jesus. They can't stop Jesus. They didn't make the plan for his will. They can't stop the plan for his will. Only you can say no, or you can say yes. Yes, God, I don't know how, but yes. Yes, I'm too weak, but you're strong. Not yes, I'm too weak, I'm doing nothing. Yes, I'm too weak, but you're my strength. Yes, I'm not worthy, but you are worthy. If you still think you're not worthy because of past past sins, you need to pray and ask God to send his son back to earth to get back on that cross and hang on there until you think the job's done. I think the job's done. I think he did his part. I think it's our turn. Our turn don't take a lot because we're going to (laughs) fail. We're going to fail miserably, but he's going to come and rescue us and he's going to bring the strength and he's going to bring the guidance and he's going to bring the finances. He's going to bring the ability and he's going to get the glory because he's going to do it. I'll drink to that. (laughs) Only when I'm walking in my own strength can I be stopped. I'm okay with the possibility of being seen as a human failure. I'm actually really okay with it. It kind of takes the pressure off of me. Because when I'm seen as failures, I get rewarded for my failures. They don't blame Jesus for my failures. They blame Joel for my failures. But when he comes and rescues me, they blame him for the rescue. They blame him for the glory. Hundreds of thousands of people are drinking clean water, not because Joel's a rich philanthropist, but because I said yes to things that are beyond me. Because I said yes, even though I was failing to say, yes, God, I'll still go forward. I can't do this, but you can. Yes, God, it is your will, not mine. Yes, God, I know I'm not fit to be a missionary. I know I'm not worthy, but yes, God, you are. You are, and you can be, and you will be, and I'm okay with it. I'm okay with not being the answer. I'm okay with my failures. I'm okay because you're gonna rescue me. You know, if... If, it's God's, if I do God's will, the possibility of kingdom fail, failure is zero. The only thing I can fail at doing is my own will. It's causing me to lose weight, guys. I know y'all ask me if I've been on a diet. No. It's causing me to lose weight. The weight of the world and the fears that come with it. I lose this weight so that I can fit the amazing outfit being sewn for me. You see, I'm committed to marriage, I'm getting ready for a wedding. And there's a, there's a garment I got to fit into. And there's some things that got to come off of me. There's some things that still got to come off of me. Some fears in this world, some pain, some discouragement, some unapproval, some, uh, some, some oppression. There's just things here that are on me on earth that I don't need to be wearing when I get to heaven. And I'm like, just take this weight off of me. Just take this weight of my failures off of me. Let God take this weight of failure off of you. There was uh, this podcast I was listening to. Pastor John sent me from the upper room and a guy was sharing about his wife had a, a vision uh, and I'm closing, Nick. I see you looking at your clock. I'm, I'm in trouble. <laughs> That'll bomb me a couple of five minutes. But uh, the, he had this, his wife had this vision of she was being fitted for a wedding dress and she was in a dressing room, she was trying it on, but she, she kept looking and, 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 the, and the slit was too high and it was revealing and the back was too open. And she's like, she's like hey, this is not a wedding dress. This is like a go out to the club dress or something. This is not the, I'm supposed to be looking beautiful as a bride, not as like a, a, a sex symbol or something. And she's like, do you have something that's a little less revealing? She had the mindset that she wanted to look beautiful for her husband, who she was going to marry, not for who other people would be looking at her. And we need to not have the mindset of who we're going to disappoint down here that's going to be looking at us, that want us to be another way. We need to have the mindset for the the husband that we're going to meet in heaven. For God. We need to get ready for that wedding. People say, Joel, it's easy for you to say, you have this great thing going with Commission mankind, and it 's easy for you to walk through this. You remember I have seven kids, <laughs> but people still say that to me they don 't know me very well, but they still say that to me. But let me tell you this: I failed to start my own business so I could fund missions. I failed for ten years to find a way to get to the mission field. I failed going to other countries trying to start missions work. It went nowhere. I failed. Getting one church to pay me full time to be a missionary. I failed earning a position as a missions director or anything at any any of these churches. But if I would have found success in just one of those failures, none of these children in Africa would be getting water right now. It is only because of my failures that God can get the glory. It's only because I didn't get my will. It's only because he came to rescue me. If you only knew how much he loved you, you wouldn't feel failure, you would embrace it. I am so thankful that I failed at those things I tried to do. I am so thankful that I didn't get my will. I am so thankful that I had to look like being unsuccessful for a long time and probably still now. But I am so thankful that God is my rescuer. But what if but what if failure was an option? This is an odd message. I thought it was gonna be really strange. I told John, I said, hey, this is not a JV message. This is like varsity, but I think your church can handle it. You don't go and tell people, you guys tell people, be happy and have a good life. I'm here telling y'all to be a failure. What if Joel Preacher told me to be a failure? What if it didn't matter? What if it didn't deter you to say, and you still just said yes to God, even if I fail? What if there was a chance of failure and you said, it's okay? I'm okay, I'll take the risk, God, because I know you're with me. How good do you know God is with you? How good do you know he loves you? How good do you know him as the rescuer? How good do you know him as your savior? Is he just the name? What does it mean for him to be your savior? It means you fail and he saves you. I'm so thankful I have a savior that saves me. I wanna end with this verse right here in Philippians. Remember this, the only thing that I didn't fail at was saying yes to his love in me, saying yes and keep pressing onward. That is the only thing I didn't fail in. Not that I have already obtained it, this goal of being Christ-like. Clearly, I still haven't obtained it. Or Or have already been made perfect but I actively press on. Now Paul is writing this. He's already transformed the new church and been leading all of his things. And here he is writing this letter saying, I still don't have it. I'm still failing. I'm still not there yet. But being not there didn't mean he said, I'm just gonna sit back and wait till God completes this work. He said, no, I'm pressing on despite the fact that I'm not there yet. I'm going forward knowing that I'm not perfect, knowing that I'm going to have failures, knowing I'm going to face discouragement, knowing I'm going to face losses and depression. I'm going forward. The answer here is to go forward. He made, uh, not that I've already obtained it or that I've been made perfect, but I actively press on so that I might take hold of that perfection for which Christ Jesus took hold of me and made his own. I am the righteousness of Christ. Say this with me. I am the righteousness of Christ. Whether you believe it or not, it's what Jesus said. I am the right, you are the righteousness of Christ. He who had no sin became sin so that you would be the righteousness of Christ. He did the job on the cross. There's no work left of him to be done. You're not waiting on him to show up and do something else in your life. He's already put this passion in you. You're afraid of failure, afraid of discouragement or not worthy. And he's saying, I made you worthy on the cross. And you're there saying, I wish he would put me on the game. I'm just on the sideline and and I'm on the bench and you put Joel and Joy out there and they get to go do these things. And the truth is the cross put everybody in the game. There ain't no bench and you look funny sitting in the middle of the field. There ain't no bench. We're all in this thing. There's not some super generation that's going to come and save us like I've been being told my whole life. It's everybody alive from the little kids to the old people that say yes to God being our rescuer. Let me finish this verse. (laughs) Brothers and sisters, I do not consider that I've made it on my own yet. (laughs) Thanks, Siri. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider that I've made it on my own yet. But this one thing I do, forgetting all of my failures and discouragement and losses and messed up things that I've done, forgetting everything that lies behind me and reaching forward to what lies ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the heavenly prize of upward call of God and Jesus Christ. So what's the answer? How do you apply this to your life? You put aside the thought of failures. You put aside all the things from the past, all of these things that God's blood has covered for you. And you say, I believe that you did it on the cross. I believe that you're my rescuer. And I believe you put these passions, the desires for your will to be completed on me. And I'm doing this, I'm getting up. I know I'm gonna fall and trip and mess up, but I'm going forward, I'm going forward. If I have one thing to ask you church, stop sitting down and get up and go. Even if you make a mistake, even if you mess up, even if you're not worthy, even if you face failure, just get up and go. Like Paul said, just press on towards the goal he gave you. Amen. Joy, uh, you want to come close this out in prayer? I want to read this one thing right here. Uh, this came from a missionary. I think I put it in my notes. where's it at? It's right here. Uh, Karen Gross, the missionary over there, she wrote this in her, um, And it said, she wrote this last year when she was over there with us. God, raise up apostles, prophets, teachers, preachers, evangelists, whose hearts and lives are given fully to you. Expose and remove all the counterfeits and those engaged in sexual immorality. Raise up a godly servant leader, visionaries and missionaries. Raise up helpers, administrators, housewives, husbands, children, lovers of God, promise keepers, lovers of people, world changers, glory carriers, word walkers, word talkers, word demonstrators, believers, achievers, home and family builders, kingdom builders. Exalt your name, Lord, in all the earth. Let your kingdom come and your will be done in Jesus' name.
0: Could we have, could I have the worship team come up? and just get ready to play that song where we sang, um, the last song we sang, um, Given It All. I just feel like the anointing of God is on that, and I, I feel like this needs a response. You are not called to be observers in the kingdom of God, and you need to hear that. There's too much happening in the world today for you to be an observer because you carry the hope of the world inside you. You carry it. Second Corinthians says, we are now ministers of a new covenant. You are a minister, not an observer. You are a minister. And tonight God wants you to set you, set you apart. This morning, he wants to set you apart. He wants you to embrace your calling. No more excuses, no more observing. You are the church. You are the answer. You are the righteousness of God, like Joel was saying. This calls for a response. So I'm gonna give three altar calls, three sets of people I believe the Lord wants to touch today. Don't miss it. Don't miss this, because you would regret it. You won't be a failure if you do, like Joel said. God is still gonna use you, but don't miss it. Don't miss this, because He wants to touch you, and He wants to move through you, and His glory, wants to be on you. Um, one thing before I share this, uh, I felt like the Lord wanted me to share a personal story of how the biggest thing I've dealt with, Joel's, you know, talked about failure. The biggest thing I've dealt with in my life is failing God. I don't want to fail you, God. Please don't let me fail you, and guess what I have? I've failed him so many times. And the enemy would come in and say, who are you? that you would dare call yourself a missionary? Who are you that you would try to speak for the Lord or try to help others when you need help? That voice would come and accuse me. And it's like this, have you read about the sons of Siva in Acts where they saw Christians performing miracles and casting out demons and they said, hey, let's try our hand at that. And so they went, showed up and the enemy said, who are you? Jesus we know. Paul we recognize. We don't know who you are. Who are you? They couldn't answer that. So guess what happened? The enemy stole their dignity because they didn't know their identity. And there are some of you that the enemy has been trying to steal your dignity because you don't know who you are in Christ. And God wants to settle that in your hearts this morning because he has an answer for the enemy. He has an answer. And he came to me one night when I was just drowning in what the enemy wanted. He just wants, the enemy isn't playing games. He wants to take you out. And he told me that. He said, I'm not just trying to mess with your life. I'm trying to take you out. I don't want you alive. I don't want you alive. The enemy does not want you alive. He doesn't. And I just saw just sins that the enemy was trying to put on me. And I just felt so unworthy, like, God, I need to walk around like this. And, and Jesus lifted my head and he reminded me of that verse. They will look to him and his name will be written on their foreheads. And as he lifted my head, all of my sins came up. It was like they, they were washed off of me and they were on his hands. And he said, I've written my name on your forehead and no other can write on you. Sin cannot write an identity on you. Satan cannot tell you who you are. Only Jesus can do that and he's written his name on your forehead and you belong to him. And now when Satan comes and says, who are you? I get to say, guess what? Joy's in that grave over there. She's dead, you can't mess with her. Jesus is alive inside me and his name is written on my forehead. And hey Satan, by the way, that brother and sister that you're messing with, Jesus' name is on their forehead and I will not put shame on another brother or sister. Hear me church, do not put shame on another brother and sister. You see Jesus' name written on their forehead. You see his name on their forehead. So this morning, some of you need to respond first of all to Jesus, you haven't given your life to him. And he wants to meet with you this morning and he wants to change your life you get to be a new creation. You get to be a new creation. You get to be alive in him. When It's not just saying a prayer. It's actually becoming the righteousness of Christ. It's actually starting all over again. You get to be born again. And if that's you this morning and you, you're ready. You're done with the way you've lived your life. And you're ready for Jesus to live his life through you. Then I'm going to invite you up to the altar this morning. Yeah, we'll have the prayer team can come up and pray with people that need to. I just wanna pray over those that need to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior this morning. Don't miss this opportunity. So that's the first group to come forward and accept Jesus. When you come forward, it's like you saying, look, it's not about me anymore. I'm not doing this for myself anymore. I'm living for Jesus. I'm living for Jesus. So I'm calling you forward. Just get up out of your seat and come forward. And the second group that I really feel like the Lord wants to deal with is those of you that have just been churchgoers, and you've been around Christianity like those sons of Siva, and you've seen it, but you're an observer. And even the demons believed in Jesus and trembled. It's not enough to just say you believe. It's not enough. You have to become born again. You have to lay your life down and allow Jesus to be your life. He has to be everything. You can't hold on to some part of your life and expect him to live through you. So that's the second group I believe needs to respond to the Lord this morning as we worship and pray. And then the third group that I believe needs to come forward are those of you who God has been calling you and you have been giving him excuses. And you have said, I'm not worthy and I'm, af- I- I'm afraid of failing, God. What's it gonna look like? And you've been afraid of man instead of fearing God who made you. And he wants to set you apart and call you this morning. So first of all, let's just put our eyes on Jesus. We're going to worship. I think we're going to play that song that we did. We're just going to lift up the Lord right now and just respond. Respond to him because he wants to touch you this morning. He wants to do something in your life this morning. I really felt that. He wants to break shame off of you. He wants to break fear off of you. He wants to break condemnation off of you and words the enemy has spoken. He wants to break that off of you this morning. So Jesus, we just pray right now you touch your people, Father. You silence those lies of the enemy that have kept us in fear and bondage, Lord, that have kept us from living in the fullness of life that you have offered us, Jesus. We throw off the weight. We throw off the weight of this world, God. Right now, and we respond to you. We're not observers, Jesus. We're not observers, we're all in this. You've appointed us. You've pointed your finger right at us and said, you, I want you, I want you, I want you, I want you. You're not on the sidelines, get in the game. It's like you you sat there like, when is the coach going to call me? And God's saying, today I'm calling you. I want you. Today I'm calling you. You are not sitting on the sidelines anymore. Get in the game. Come get in the game and watch me move through you. Thank you for tuning in to our Sermon of the Week. For more information, please visit us at thewellspringchurch.org.